I'm reading from Acts chapter 3 today, just the first eight verses. It'll be on the screen, hopefully. It was great to have the words in duplicate uh, stereo earlier. Okay. By the way, short-sighted or long-sighted, that was for you. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to sit down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, Look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strong, lengthened. Sorry. With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk, and he entered the temple with him, walking and leaping and praising God. The last week I spoke from the end of Acts chapter 2, this is the continuation of the next bit, just for a few minutes today on uh, chapter 3. It's again, it's a very familiar passage for those who've been in church for any length of time. Peter and John, who happen to be together an awful lot. If you read the Gospels and the Acts, Peter and John seem to hang about together. To me, they're a very strange combination, but hey, God puts together strange combinations. I'm not just talking about marriage, um, really. But these two seem to be very much together, and then they connect with this man who'd been lame from his birth and was begging them for money. Now, it's interesting, two particularly interesting points. The man obviously had friends and family, and that he's been trafficked, but hey, we'll not go there. But friends and family, because they kept bringing him and laying him down, but friends can only do so much. Uh, we are limited and we can help, but thank God we serve a God to whom all things are possible. And we need to bring people to Jesus. There's times we can help people, there's times we can't. But in all cases, we should be bringing pe people to Jesus, the name who's above every name, and who can do more than anybody else. You know, the scenarios may be different, the needs may be different, but there are people in our world, there are people in our area and sphere of life who are helpless, who are looking for help. And the challenge for us is to be the Peter and Johns to them. The people who they are looking for help, they're helpless, they're hopeless, they're looking, they've not got the answer, they can't fix their problems. But we can be the people to share, to connect, to believe, to pray, to connect them to a loving God who can answer their prayers. You know, it's not just coincidences. You know, God brings people into our path. And you and I, and maybe just me, I believe, have missed opportunities to be a Peter and John to somebody in our world because I'm not really focused or ready for that. I'm not open for that. It could be that some of those strange connections that we made or had this week were actually God opportunities for us to bring something to people's lives. 
And I think we need to be more and more aware, more and more purposeful, more and more aware that as we live every day, God, give us opportunities and give us the insight and give us the wisdom to know this is not just a happiness, it's not just a chance, it's not just a coincidence, it's a God incidence. It's something that God has ordained and purposed in our life. Because Peter and John, they knew what they were doing and they were they were stepping into purpose. They weren't just walking. They were stepping into purpose of God. Three things about this. They were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, which is three o'clock in the afternoon, the hour of prayer. They'd actually just finished their 2.47. Can you pray a time for a minute? And then they were going up to meet with other people to pray. And they happened to be going to a prayer time. They were in prayer. They had a mindset, an attitude of prayer. I want to tell you, the more that we pray, it's amazing the more that coincidences and God things happen in our life. It's amazing the more we are people of prayer, the more the Bible says in Proverbs, in all your ways acknowledge him, he will direct your paths. The more we connect with God, the more we pray. I want to tell you, it's funny, the more chance there are that God incidences, strange occurrences happening, the more we spend time with God, the more God prepares us and makes things happen in our life which are out of the ordinary. God's plans and purposes begin to be worked out. And here, this was just an ordinary day. But this was Peter and John putting extra into the ordinary to make it extraordinary. And they did that by stepping into purpose. They didn't live every day just by chance. They had purpose in their life. Where are you going, Peter? We're going up to the prayer meeting. Broader question. Do you know what we're doing? We're not just walking about. We're stepping into the purposes, the destinies, the plans of God for my life. I'm waking up every day believing I'm walking into purpose. I'm walking into plans. I'm not just, oh, what's going to happen today? I'm living with an attitude that God's got plans. God's got purpose. God's got things all over my life. And I just need to step in with a mindset. God, what have you got for me today? Where will you lead me today? I honor you today. I respect you. I direct my path. I commit my day to you. And I believe even that I'm not just going through the motions today, but I'm stepping into the purposes and the plans of God every day, and you're going to ordain things for me. And I'm, but we need that mindset when we wake up every day. Sometimes we wake up, oh, it's just another day. Get, oh, one day at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking from you. I'm only human. But some of us are stepping up and saying, God, I'm not just living for one day, this day. It's not just get me through this day. It's God, I'm believing this is a day of purpose. It's a day of destiny, and I'm looking for the opportunity is for you to be all over my life and me to walk into purpose. Peter and John had a mindset, this isn't just an ordinary day, this is the purposes of God. We are stepping out, I'm waking up, and wherever I go today, I'm stepping into the purposes and the plans and the provision and the blessing of God. And my mindset, hey, God, you're all over my day, and I commit it to you. Please help us in him. Do you know where you're going in life? Are you drifting through life, or do you believe and do you live for the purpose? Do you step into the purpose of God? Not just today, but as your purpose, as your life full of purpose. Can I encourage you to put dreams and goals and purposes in your life? The problem is that too many of God's followers, Jesus' followers, are daydream believers. Okay, we're just living pine sky, daydream believers. Okay, God's not looking for daydream believers. He's looking for ones with dreams, with goals, with plans and purposes of God. Not just a wishful pat in the sky daydream. He wants us to be believers who dream, who have visions, who have goals and purposes, but who walk in the purposes of God. Are you that type of person? Peter and John were walking into the purposes for their life. Not 
merely walking to a prayer meeting. It started one day when Jesus called them and said, follow me. And they said, we're following you, Jesus. And not just that day, but for the rest of our lives, we are following your plans, your purposes, your dreams for our life. Big question is, where are you going today? Did you wake up with plans and purposes? Well, obviously you plan to come to church. Or maybe you didn't plan to come to church, but you're here anyway. By divine appointment, you're here. Whether it's by accident or design, you're here. You're saying, but the bigger question, where are you going in life? Do you believe that every day you're going with the purposes of God? You're living for the purposes of God for your life. We need to be people who don't just drift through life, but we live every day for purpose, for plans, for things that we know God is calling us to do. But here's an even bigger, bigger question. Where are you going when you leave this planet? There's two destinations. There's heaven, eternity with Christ and God, or there's hell, separation. There's a big question, where are you going today? A bigger question, where are you going in life? But the biggest question is, where are you going when you leave planet Earth? We've read here, if you don't know that you're going to spend eternity with him, you can change your plans for your eternal destiny by just saying yes to Jesus Christ the Savior of the world who died for you. You can change direction. You think you're going that way, and you are going that way. You don't even know where you're going. But today, you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Your eternal destination is secure, and destiny is all over your life. You can do that. That's the biggest question we face in life. But even between now and getting there, we need to be people who live and step into purpose, waking up every day. This is not just me doing another step, walking another 10,000 steps or whatever you're doing today, but every step I'm taking, I'm into the purposes and the plans of God, and my heart and my mind is open to God. What are you doing today? What are you doing? I wake up. What are you doing today? Peter and John woke up and said, where are we going? We're stepping into the purposes and the plans of God. And not only that, but they saw the potential as well. I don't know if Peter and John were aware of this man. I don't know if they'd seen him every day. I don't know if they saw him that day, but they heard him. Because it says here, he saw Peter and John going into the temple, and he began asking to receive money or arms or money. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, Look at us. I, Peter looked at him, and he saw a man in need. He saw a lame man. Peter looked and he saw this man, lame, in need, in a desperate situation. I don't know how you look at your life today. You may be looking at your life and you see desperate situations. You might be life, it might be family, it might be work, it might be finance, it might be health. It might be, I've not got any ability, I've not got any talent. I don't know how you look, how you see your life. You might look at the news in despair. You might look at what you see around about you in your life and you might look and be despairing. I'm not denying the seriousness of problems that we face in our world, but let me encourage you, Peter was not limited by what he saw, because he saw something different. He saw something different. You don't need to be limited by what your eyes see. Peter saw a lame man. But let me also suggest to you that Peter not only saw a lame man with his natural eyes, but with his faith eyes, he saw a man walking, leaping, praising God. He saw a people amazed at what God had done. He looked at him and he saw the potential of what God could do when he stepped up into his life. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hopeful, evidence of things not seen. That's interesting. It's evidence of things not seen. Aye, faith is seeing 
what you can't see in the natural. Faith is seeing something, seeing something that you don't see at that point, but you still see it happening. You still see it happening. Evidence is truth. It's fact. It's reality. If you're given evidence in a court of law, I've never given evidence in a court. I've always wanted to be in a jury. My wife's been called again to jury duty, and it's not fair because I'd be a far better juror than she is. Okay. I really love juries. I love all the court cases. I love watching lawyers at work. And three times she's been called. It's not fair. There's something wrong with the system in this country when she can get picked and three times she's called and I'm not even in a jury yet. There's something not right about it. I'm going to complain to somebody. I just don't know who I need to complain to at the moment. Okay. But when you're in a court, you give evidence based on truth. Your evidence should be truth. You know, in faith... It's truth. It's seeing what God's going to do. It's not a, oh, I hope this happens. It's believing this is a reality. This is what's going to happen. You know, Psalm 27, 13, the psalmist says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of living. Or I look around with my natural eyes and says, and I despair. But I look by faith and see what God is going to do, and I lift up my heart and my soul because I believe that God's going to do that. I see a picture of what's not real just moment. I see a different reality, and my heart is lifted because I'm encouraged that God is going to do something. And Peter looked at this man, and though he saw a lame man, he did not just see a lame man. He saw that man before it happened, walking, leaping, praising God, and giving glory to God. And there are many examples in the Bible. In Exodus 14. Israel had the Egyptian army behind them. They had the Red Sea in front of them. They didn't know what they were going to do. There was no way out. But Moses said to the people, do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. And the Egyptians who you have seen today will never be seen again forever and ever. Now what happened is the people saw the Red Sea problem. Moses saw the Red Sea parted. They saw the problem of the Red Sea in front of them, but Moses had his vision of something that God had given him where he saw the Red Sea parted, and he lived in the reality of that vision and not the reality of their vision. And not only that, they saw the Egyptian army crushing them, coming after them, chasing them. Moses saw the, the Egyptian army defeated, banished once and for all. It's how we look. Peter and John saw differently. They saw the potential. Joshua and uh, was marching round the walls, and everybody saw these big imposing walls of Jericho. Joshua saw the walls collapsing. He saw what was going to happen. He saw a land with, with milk and honey and grapes and great provision. They saw the problem. He saw God's solution. The man there was a time we know in First Samuel 17 when the Israeli army they were frightened by this guy called Goliath. They were frightened. Every time they heard his voice, they ran away. They ran away when he came and intimidated them. Well, he was nine foot six and appreciated by an imposing sight. And when somebody nine foot six is telling you and threatening you, I cannot stand them running away. However, they saw a nine foot six giant standing before them. David saw a nine foot six giant lying on the floor at his feet because he saw the potential when God steps into a situation. He saw what God could do. And he said, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and I'll remove your head from you. He saw it before he saw it. Peter saw it before he saw it. 
In 1 Kings, uh, there was a widow woman. She says, I've only got enough food to make for me and my son. Then we're going to die. And the prophet said, no, no. No, what I see, you see a little supply there. I see a storehouse in your hand. If you just use what God has given you, God's going to give you a storehouse. He saw something that they didn't see. When you look at your life today, what do you see? What's your dominant eyes? My left eye is better than my right eye. So my left eye is kind of dominant eye. And I'm not going to tell you the story. Okay, when I cheated at an eye test, I won't go there. Okay. But we've got dominant eyes. But you know, what's your dominant eyes this morning? Is it your physical eyes or is it your spiritual eyes? You can live dominated by what you see physically. Or you could live your life dominated by what you see God doing. Faith in God. By faith, we can see things. And we live in one of those two worlds. We live either dominated by the restrictions, the pains, the hurt, the broken relationships, the poverty, the families not walking with God, the distractions, the illnesses. We can live constantly seeing that, or we can choose to live in the provision, the health, the restoration, the salvation, the career opportunities, the job opportunities that God has shown us. Peter didn't see a man lame and restricted. He saw what God saw. And not only did he see what God saw, he began to speak what he saw. Because faith is not just about seeing it, it's about speaking it. We need to speak faith as well. I love what Peter did here. He spoke with power. He spoke with power. The man says, give me money. Money, money, money. It's a rich man's money. The man was asking, in love, Peter just says, look at us. Wow, what a conference. What a conference. Because he was living for the purposes of God. He walked every day living for the purposes of God. And the guy says, give me money. Peter says, look at us. Just look at us. Are you a person, when people are looking at problems, you say, hey, look at us. Look at me. I've got the answer to your problems. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, now, if you know your Bible, whenever you see Peter said, what comes next is not always that great. Okay. Peter had a habit of saying things that weren't great. But this time, what he said was powerful. He says, that's the same with us, by the way, not just Peter. Sometimes we open our mouths and what we say is not great. However, I don't possess silver and gold. And he started to write a chorus. Peter then began saying, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I here. And then he turned to John, this is a great Sunday school chorus. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Kids church. Rise kids. I can just see in your life. Rise guys singing. Uh, if you've been growing up in church, you'll remember the song, Silver and Gold Have an On. But such as I have, give her the stop it, David. You make me feel old. Okay. But he said this. I do not possess silver and gold. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, walk. Incredible, wasn't it? The band are going to come up, short preach. Our problem, or maybe just my problem, is this.
I tend to speak what I don't have. Too often I speak my limitations. I don't have riches. I can't sing the way these guys can sing. I've not got much creative talent. I've not got useful energy of those 15-year-olds running about my own. Mind you, some of them have not got useful energy, but we're not going to Okay. I don't have connections with influential people. I don't have any degrees. I don't, haven't got a big house. I haven't got a big balance. See, so often we speak what we don't have. Now, we need to acknowledge the reality of what we don't have. Peter didn't say we're filthy rich. He says, we don't have any money. But I'm not going to focus on not having any money. I'm not going to major on what I don't have. I recognize my limitation, but I'm not going to focus on what I don't have. I'm going to speak what I do have. I'm going to speak with power of what I do have. And say, I'm not going to waste my energy in what I don't have and the abilities I don't have and the talents and the resources I don't have. But I know what I have in God. I know who I am in God. And I'm not going to speak what I don't have. I'm going to speak the life of God because I don't have silver and gold. But what I do have, I'm going to give you. I've got the name of Jesus. I've got the power in the name of Jesus that we sang about earlier. I've got the name of Jesus, the one who's above every other name. I've got the name of Jesus all over my life. The one who is greater than any fears, greater than any trouble, greater than any sickness, greater than any disease, and I'm going to speak the name of Jesus. And we need to be people who speak the powerful name of Jesus. We need to speak life. You know, death and life are in the power of the tongue, Proverbs says. And he says, I can see you lame. But you know what? I can see in the name of Jesus, you're walking, you're leaping, you're praising God, you're bringing glory to God. I could speak about your lameness. I could ask you what is happening. I could ask you how you got there. But I want to tell you, I want to speak the name of Jesus over you. I want to speak the power that's in Jesus' name over you. I want to speak the potential that's over you. And this morning, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know where you're living at today. But I want to tell you, you need to start living to put the extra into your ordinary, you need to, first of all, believe that you're living for purpose, that God's got purpose all over your life. And when you wake up tomorrow morning and Tuesday morning when you're not in church and you've not got the buzz of being together in church, you wake up Tuesday morning, it could be another moment, but you still get purpose all over your life. And you need to wake up believing, God, I commit this day to you and I'm stepping into your purposes, I'm stepping into your plans. And what I think is an ordinary day, you can make extraordinary, because you can make go incidences, you can make connections, you can make things happen in my life which are beyond my control but you've ordained them, you've planned them and purposed them and my eyes are open to what you're going to do in my life today but we also need to see the potential we don't need to look with our natural eyes when you've got situations or you see situations, you need to see beyond what you see in the natural and you need to see what God says you need to see God doing it I see you, lay man, but Peter said, you know what? I don't see you, lay man. I see you walking. I see you leaping. I see you praising God. I see what God can do. I see the potential over your life. We all meet people who think they've got limited potential, and we need to speak the life of God, and we need to see it first. And then when we see it, we need to speak it. We need to speak life. We want to speak Jesus over people. We need to speak the power we need to not focus. And I'm stressing this because it's in my heart. Some of us, we focus too much on what we don't have. We speak too much on what we don't have. And we say, if only I had this, 
oh, I've not got that. They've got this and you've not got that. I want to tell you, when you've got Jesus Christ in your life, you've got unlimited potential. You've got the power of God. You've got the name that's greater than your limitations. And you need to speak the name of Jesus. You need to speak the word of God. Let's stand. I'm just going to speak the name of Jesus over your life again. We're going to sing something about the name of Jesus, I'm sure, at some point here. But Lord, this morning I pray that every one of us here begins to walk in purpose. We take steps into purpose. We don't get through the motions. Lord, I pray, Lord, as we leave here and as we go into wherever we are going, that we recognize that we are not just going through another day. That tomorrow when we wake up, it's not just another day we'll have to get through, but you've got purpose all over our life. You've got plans and purposes all over our life. You said, I know the plans I have for you. Help us to walk into those plans and purposes. Let us have a mindset. Let us of an attitude that my life has got purpose. My life's not just a waste of time, but I've got purpose all over my life. I've got God all over my life. I've got something in my life that God's going to use because I'm not just called to be a nothing. I'm called to be something that God can use and God can use something in my life that's something that He's done to help others. Lord, help us to look for those God opportunities. Lord, this week, every one of us is going to have God incidences that you have planned and you have purpose, Lord. Help us to have eyes to see them. Help us to have faith to believe for them that you will do something. Father God, I pray that we will begin to see the potential. We're not focused on the problems. We're not focused on what's not right. We're not focused on what's wrong. But we, with the eyes of faith, will see what our God wants to do in situations, in our situations, and the people in our world. And Father God, help us to speak life. Help us to be speaking with power. Let us, Lord, I speak the name of Jesus and the power that's in Jesus. Jesus' name over every person here for every situation. We speak the name of Jesus. And Father God, as we go into this week, we carry the name of Jesus. And we carry the name of Jesus into those that we come into contact with. Those who are struggling. Those who are helpless. Those who are crying out and don't have an answer to their problems. We carry you. And help us to carry Jesus and impart Jesus and speak the power that's in Jesus' name and see people. Lord, whatever the scenario is and a context and whatever it is, the moment they're lame and Lord, they're lame in emotions are lame in different ways but Lord we see them walking, leaping praising God and we speak your health, your victory, your power, your provision because we carry the name which is above every name and we can say Lord as we go this way, let us have opportunities where we say I don't have that but what I do have is the name of Jesus and the name of Jesus get up and what get saved get healed get restored get lord every problem's fixed we thank you for that name of jesus hallelujah